You're listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang, founder of Moxie Club. When you're looking for lasting weight loss, join us here for the mindset you need, a dash of inspiration, and stories that will bring it all to life. Episode number 11. Well, hey there, Amy here. How are you doing today? I wanted to spend some time talking about habits. And these are those lovely things that we usually do automatically. Although I do wonder right now how many folks are creating some new habits that they're really proud of during our stay at home time. Have you made a point of brushing your teeth by 10 a.m.? <laughs> or have you actually started like a new exercise habit? So when I talk about habits, my all-time favorite story to share is one where my friend Colleen was showing me how well training was going for her dog, Sandy. Beautiful golden retriever. So, She said, Sandy, sit, stay, lie down, roll over, play dead. And Sandy followed all the commands perfectly, except for at the end, playing dead involved her tail going thump, 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 thump. (laughs) Very happy doggy. Now, The funniest part was if you gave Sandy the command to lie down, she would then lie down, roll over, and play dead. So whatever that command was, was her cue, and then she would just keep going. She couldn't stop. Didn't know any better. (laughs) So obviously, it was just an automatic thing that she learned. So when we talk about habits for lasting weight loss... There are five key habits that I'm always talking about. And again, we're really focused on creating states of abundance and not scarcity. So these habits are the ones that you want to focus on creating more of. So we're talking about half your body weight in ounces of water, three to five servings of fruits and vegetables. I say go for five. 30 minutes of mindful movement every day, 7 to 9 hours of sleep, and 10 to 20 minutes of meditation. So these are all habits that we want to do every day. And if you look at how we form new habits, especially those that are intentional, you'll see that it goes through three phases. So the first phase I like to call the excited phase. It lasts for about 14 to 21 days. The next one is the intentional phase. So when the excited phase ends, the intentional phase goes for about 60 days. And then somewhere between 60 and 90 days, it hits the automatic stage. So in creating a habit, we're really creating a groove for ourselves. And it takes time. Think about how a river cuts through rock. It takes time. It takes repetition. 
It probably even explains why Alcoholics Anonymous always instructs new members to shoot for 90 meetings in 90 days. You prove to yourself that you can find a way to make it happen 90 days in a row. So let's talk a little bit about why we have habits. So if you were to look at the brain and study it while a habit was being performed, 95% of where habits live is in the basal ganglia. And that's where routines become really second nature. So there's 5% of a habit that takes place in the prefrontal cortex. So that's where decision-making happens. That's where planning and reasoning takes place. And the reason why, evolutionarily speaking, it really helps, we are only good for about 30 decisions a day, which is why by the end of the day, if you've had one of those days where you're making a lot of decisions, you probably experience some decision fatigue. And when we look at weight loss efforts, one of the most common things that happens that you might even say are self-sabotaging behaviors is overeating, especially late night snacking or emotional eating that takes place later in the day when you get home from work or the kids have gone to bed. So I'm going to spend a little time today talking now about how you go about changing a habit. And a lot of this is based on the book, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. I highly recommend the book. If you have any interest in it, I will go ahead and provide that information again in the show notes. So if you take a look at a habit, there are three parts to it. There's the cue or trigger, there's the routine, and then there's the reward. So in my example of Sandy, the golden retriever, the cue was obviously the command. The routine, when executed properly, generated a doggy treat as a reward at the end. All of our habits have those three components. So In order to change the habit, the first thing we need to do is figure out which habit is it that you want to change. I would recommend, again, looking at habits as an opportunity to add as opposed to take away. So if you're looking at a late night snacking habit, we always want to be applying the abundance principle. So it's not about, I need to avoid doing this particular thing, like eating the entire pint of Haagen-Dazs ice cream. We want to instead focus on something that we really wish we were doing more of in our life. So after you've figured out which habit it is that you want to change, the next thing you want to do is figure out what that reward is for your habit. So if you're doing any kind of eating at a time that you weren't originally planning. So this could be an afternoon snack or it could be your late night snack. There are a number of different human needs and wants that the reward could be addressing. One 
clearly is hunger. You were actually hungry. Two might be that you were thirsty. Three, especially if you're snacking with someone, might actually be just human contact. Sometimes you're wanting to rest. And sometimes, again, along with the hunger, is you were looking for an energy boost. And then, of course, sometimes you're eating to take the edge off because you're bored, because you're stressed, because you're looking for a little comfort. So in identifying the reward for your habit, sometimes it's going to be really obvious and sometimes you're going to need to experiment a little bit in order to figure it out. So when it comes to creating a new habit, the easiest way is to create a craving for the reward. And by that I mean you anticipate the reward before actually completing the routine. So you know if you have a habit of eating ice cream or chips, or in my case, when I was in the wrong job and I was bored and working on PowerPoint presentations, I would comfort myself by eating chocolate-covered raisins. If you're a physician doing late-night charting, that's another example of where you might eat because, well, while you're doing a task that you don't particularly enjoy, part of your brain is being satisfied with a dopamine hit from that food that you're eating. Now, if you're wondering why that nice glass of wine is so good and so effective, it's because alcohol triggers the release of endorphins in our brain. And, well, it's the endorphin rush that takes the edge off an otherwise perhaps not so positive day. In all of these cases that I'm describing, I'm actually talking about eating, or drinking that has nothing to do with satisfying hunger. So if you are hungry, great. The change in habit might just be to provide a healthier snack. So if you like the crunch of chips, maybe you find some celery and add some peanut butter instead. All right. So hopefully at this point, you have a good feel for how you're going to go about identifying the reward. So in looking at the habit loop, the next thing we need to do is identify the cue. So this is the trigger that sets off the routine and then the reward. And I've touched on this already a little bit. We talked about emotional eating. When you're feeling bored or stressed and you're looking to food for comfort. So if you catch yourself saying, I deserve this piece of cake, I want you to understand that you've set up food as a reward and it was triggered by some kind of emotional state, right? All right. Some other cues or triggers could be time. So if you look at the clock and it reads 12 noon, 
you might say it's time to eat, even if you're not hungry. So questions that you can ask yourself in identifying what the trigger or cue is are, what time is it? Where am I? Maybe I'm standing in front of Starbucks or Cinnabon. (laughs) What else is around? So maybe I just smelled the Cinnabon store. What did you just do? And again, what emotion are you feeling? So the cue is probably one of the easier things to figure out. And then step three is now all about the routine. So again, we've identified the reward. We've isolated the cue. Now we want to take a look at the routine and figure out how we can change it so that we do that thing we want to do more of. Again, I want you to focus more on doing as opposed to avoiding. So if you can set up this habit loop so that the reward is a pleasurable feeling that triggers dopamine or an endorphin rush, you're far more likely to experience success. So when it comes to creating a new habit, one of the things that I want you to do is set yourself up for success. I want you to pick something that is the easiest thing for you to do. And because a new habit requires that intention, I would recommend that you start with a habit that you want to create in the morning as opposed to one you want to create in the evening or one you want to change in the evening. So because awareness of your thoughts is so important to creating lasting weight loss and practicing the learning cycle method, If your day does not include practicing meditation for 10 to 20 minutes in the morning, I would recommend you start there. First, the morning habits are so much easier to put in place. And second, awareness of your thoughts is such an important skill to develop in this whole process. So I would start there as opposed to working on one that's later in the day. However, if you want to start with one that's later in the day, one of the keys to creating a new routine is to make sure that you are applying the abundance principle when you're creating that routine. So if you're new to this podcast or you haven't listened to the one about the abundance principle and the 50 Shades of Abundance, I would recommend that you make sure you listen to that. But the abundance principle in a nutshell is really about putting yourself in a state of abundance when you're making your choices, as opposed to trying to make them when you're in a state of scarcity or deprivation. 
And when I talk about the importance of awareness and the learning cycle method, again, if you're not familiar with these concepts, I would definitely recommend that you go back and listen to the first few episodes of this podcast. Essentially, the thoughts that we have and the interpretations or the meaning that we assign to what's happening ultimately drives how we feel, the emotions. So if the meaning you assign to something, so for example, if you want to add exercise as a habit, but the association you have with exercise is, I'm a failure at it, I hate doing it, it's a chore, or it's really my punishment for gaining weight, then it's going to be really hard to start an exercise habit. Obvious when I say it this way, right? So we need to take a closer look at our history and our experience with something to understand what beliefs we have about it as far as how it applies to our own life. And it's in the reframing using the abundance principle that we're able to then feel good about something. And it's that feeling of confidence and that feeling that this is a gift to myself as opposed to, I have to do this. That's when you'll see new habits finally stick. So going back to that late night snacking habit that you would like to change, to start with, when you've identified that cue or trigger for your late night eating or your emotional eating, anything that's really overeating beyond what you planned for in a given day, or you know has nothing to do with being hungry, So it could be that you just sat down on your sofa to watch some TV. All I really want you to do is insert a pause and be intentional with whatever that next thing is that you're going to do. You may very well decide to keep eating that ice cream. You have absolute permission to keep going and doing exactly what you're going to do. I just want it to be a really conscious, intentional decision. So the other key to creating new habits is to have a plan B. So if your habit is to eat something while you're watching TV, your plan B has to be a substitute behavior that you can then fall back on. On the other hand, If you are eating that bowl of ice cream in order to feel better, then I would challenge you to find some other ways to feel better, like journaling or deep breathing exercises. So in the next episode, we'll be doing a deep dive into emotional eating and how to develop the skills to process emotions as well. So I'll wrap things up today with a quote by Charles Duhigg from The Power of Habit. The will to believe is the most important ingredient in creating belief in change. 
You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com. And sign up for my free three-day course. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.